Welcome to the Boom Clap Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the business of awareness, I guess, and uh, the difference between awareness and action. Before we get into it, though, uh, just a little behind the scenes, I guess. Cecily and I sat down to record actually yesterday, and immediately when I hopped on, the first thing I said to her was, do you ever feel completely um, un what did I say? Un- unqualified or something? Yeah, unqualified. Unworthy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was the word. Unworthy mm-hmm. to be listened to or <laughs> unworthy to even record a podcast. And she was like, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your reason? <laughs> and that indicated to me that she was feeling very similar yesterday. And just so happens that our tracks wouldn't line up. And we were just talking about why we felt unqualified in particular yesterday. And our tracks would not line up at all, so we couldn't even record without talking over each other. And I was like, God is just mm-hmm. really giving us a indication that mm-hmm. today is not the best day re- to record. So now it's Saturday yeah. and we're recording today. But just so you guys know, like the reason I felt unqualified yesterday is because I had a horrible day. And I shouldn't say horrible day. It was actually a good day overall, but a few incidents with mm-hmm. one of my kids where I just felt like I was not achieving the goal of being a good or decent parent. And I just, <laughs> I, I I feel like it is worth just acknowledging that really quick before we get into the episode, yeah. because um, in this era of constant exposure to everyone's lives and only the shiny parts, mm-hmm. I get messages where people are like, oh, you're such a good mom. And I, like, I almost always say, I fail constantly, but I think I'm succeeding more than I'm failing. So I consider that a win. And I think it's important that people know that about us. (laughs) Totally. And like I said to you in the midst of our conversation, I had a very similar day to that with one of my lovely, adorable children. (laughs) And (laughs) it just, you get this feeling, and I'm sure so many of you that are moms can relate to this. Like when you're trying to figure out how best to discipline them, in that moment, you're feeling like, oh, I could do this differently. I could do this better. But you're also thinking in that moment, but I don't know how to do this differently. And I don't know how to do this better. And so even if you're disciplining well, there's always this little voice inside that's like, this isn't good enough. And it's a very challenging feeling because you love your children so much. There's this love you have for your kids that's so different than the love you have for anyone or anything else. And it just makes you take it so seriously and so Mm -hmm. personally. And it can really have a heavy impact on your day when you're having those challenging days with your kids, because you want so badly to do it well. And yeah, it's parenting is that thing that you have to learn as you're doing it. You know, like there's no way to learn how to do it well before you can read books and stuff, but until you're doing it, oh, you just, you just don't know. So yeah. Like I told you yesterday, Cecily, like I just, when Mm -hmm. I have those days where I don't feel like I'm doing a good job or I feel like I discipline not in the best way, I just, I feel like a bag of trash. (laughs) That's what I told Cecily. I was like, I just feel like, I don't know how to describe it other than tired and drained. And like, I just need to go to bed and start over. Totally. I felt so much better after our conversation yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, um, Find a friend when you're having those days and just have a bit of a conversation with them. And yeah. tomorrow's a new day. So, yes. And yeah, anyway, not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can get into the episode today. I just want to throw that out there because, I mean, like we talk about, you know, when people have 
commented before, they feel like they're talking to or listening to friends talk, you know, and in a conversation Mm -hmm. with friends. And really, we're normal people. (laughs) And we want these to be conversations that you learn from and you understand that we're just like you and trying to figure it out as well. So anyway, okay, we're talking about awareness and the difference between awareness and action, that those two things are not the same and the importance of action after you have awareness. So the reason this got brought to, I don't know, the reason I brought this up to Cecily the other day was I was listening to, um, I hadn't listened to our full episode. We had three different interviews last week and I hadn't listened to them all together. And so I was listening to that on the way home from dropping my kids off at school. And Garen was talking and she was just talking about how, you know, people that she worked with were aware that the situation was not right and the situation that she was experiencing was not just and they were not okay with it, but there was no action behind the awareness. Mm-hmm. And then um, – and this was after. This was Monday. And so Sunday I had been watching the Purdue-Ohio State uh, college basketball game and – the girl, the cheerleaders' pom poms were like a lime green yellow color, and then some of the players had lime green shoes. And I was like, "What's that all about?" And my sister in law was at the game, and I was like, "I bet it's some like cancer month or something." And my sister in law was at the game, so I text her, and she's like, "Yeah, it's cancer awareness." And she was like, "I can't read what painter's jersey painter is the Purdue coach. I can't read what it says, but I think it might say um, suits and sneakers." And so I was like, "Oh, okay." And Obviously, we're watching on TV so we can see it up close, and that's what it said. And so I looked that up, and I was like, oh, it's another cancer awareness thing. And I want to say this with an umbrella of grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want to have an umbrella of grace because I'm not saying cancer awareness is bad or mm-hmm. that we shouldn't, you know, do things to um, help causes. That's not what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I just, I don't, I haven't been able to put my finger on it until just this last week as I was thinking about it a little more, but something about it just like kind of like, like it just feels a little gross to me. And I don't know. I just see all the shirts and the pom-poms and all this money spent on awareness. But then I'm like, what are we actually doing? Like, where does that awareness lead? And it just kind of, I like I said, couldn't put my finger on it. But um, as I was thinking about it, I think it's just that it's almost seems commercialized in mm-hmm. ins- insincere as like as if awareness has become a business almost. And then yeah. awareness isn't enough. Like awareness does nothing but mm-hmm. makes you aware. Yeah, so. totally. So there's a couple things that came to my mind. First is that there's, you know, all these months of the year, days in the months, there's so many days that are like, oh, it's this day for this sort of awareness or February is the month for this awareness. And there's so many causes that are on our calendars, like just written on our calendars that it's impossible to keep up. It's impossible to care about each one. And we live in this world that is constantly saturated with this call to awareness for like numerous causes and listening to you describe the you know the colored shoes and suits and whatever it made me think back to all the black squares that people put up on instagram for black Mm -hmm. lives matter back in the day back in the day of 2020 um and 
that's fine. Like it's trying to show support for something, but what did that actually, so that's an awareness thing. Putting up a black square was an awareness thing, right? But what did it ultimately do? It virtue signaled. It said, I'm supporting, but how are you supporting? By sticking up a black square on your Instagram? Ultimately what it did is it filled up the Instagram feed with black squares and made it more impossible for black voices to be heard because all you could see on Instagram was black squares. Yeah. So that's just a good example of awareness having the opposite effect of what the awareness should have been intended for. Yeah, that's a really good example. And that's one that came to my mind too, because it was such a stark one from yeah. two years ago almost now, almost two years ago, I guess, in like May, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't it doesn't seem that long ago, does it? No. It doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, it and I think what goes along with that is it almost seems as if people feel a force of hand in that situation in particular, that Mm -hmm. if I don't do this, I will be seen as this. But if I do do this, I will be seen as good. And it's almost a cultural thing and a a joining on and tagging in regardless of what your actual um, action will be after that. Does that make sense? Totally. It's almost like a peer pressure thing. Absolutely. That, yeah, very much so. I think the question that we need to ask, that everyone needs to ask when we're thinking about awareness about a certain topic is what is the goal? What is the goal of awareness? And the goal of awareness should be that people will take action and essentially that there will be a change in behavior, right? Mm-hmm. But that but that awareness just doesn't always lead to action. Yeah. Yeah, and I... I just want to say too, like I almost feel as if, like as I was thinking through what I wanted to say on this mm-hmm. episode, I was like, well, I could be seen very hypocritical um, talking through this awareness and action on mm-hmm. this episode, you know, because what do we do on this podcast? What do I mm-hmm. use social media for? It very mm-hmm. much is raising awareness, awareness right? Yeah. Um but with the objective of spurring into action, right? Yeah. That's the objective. And I mm-hmm. think what hits with me with the players on the court or the black mm-hmm. squares on Instagram, um, it, it seems in, in other social media campaigns, you know, I saw somebody a while back, you know, urging everybody to change their um, change their profile picture to a American flag to raise awareness to stand up for and fight for freedoms right now in America. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's just almost as if awareness now is the action. Like it replaces action. And And it's something as simple as putting up a picture. Yeah. Like, oh, I did something. No, you didn't. (laughs) You did nothing but put up a picture and say like, I support. I mean, I'm not saying that's nothing. Support Mm -hmm. is something, but Mm -hmm. it's not ultimately going to change anything. And so Mm -hmm. it, while I feel like we could be seen as hypocritical potentially, because this is what we use this podcast for is to raise awareness, but we raise awareness with the intent of spurring action Mm -hmm. and explaining to you actions you can take in your daily life. But it's Mm -hmm. the awareness lacking intention behind it that is really bothersome to me. 
Yeah, I agree. And I just think that's the culture that we live in right now, like this secular humanism that says that people in the world will be better off if only we have more knowledge, right? Like Mm -hmm. the American flag that's signaling knowledge that, you know, I've put this up. Now people know we need to stand up for our country. Um, But more knowledge, unfortunately, doesn't necessarily precipitate a change in behavior. So I guess that's the same danger with the podcast, right? Like we do hope that what we say here precipitates action, but it might not for some people, you know, like there's just going to be people that listen and are maybe inspired or motivated for a second, but then they continue on doing what they're doing. And there's days where I do that too. Like here's a super simple, silly example. I always knew that I should get a sump pump (laughs) for my house. Like always knew that I should, but in the six years we've lived here, we've never had any water in our house at all. Well, then this year we had massive floods, right? And my awareness that I should get a sump pump for the last however many years was not enough to save me from getting a very wet house. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's a great concrete (laughs) example, Cecily. And then... We had to deal with the consequences of our awareness, stopping at awareness, you know, and then we had to figure out a way to get a sump pump in the middle of everyone else trying to get a sump pump too. So that's just a super simple example, but it just shows you like, I knew it. I know, like I was aware that that would be a helpful tool, but I didn't care enough to actually go and get one. So I think that's true when we get to the bigger issues of life as well. We always kind of have this awareness that, yeah, I should do that, but it'll be okay if I don't. And then before you know it, it's too late. Yeah. And I think, well, that's a really good example. (laughs) That's a really good example. (laughs) Um, And not one that you would typically think of, like, because, you know, we're Mm -hmm. talking awareness on these social issues, but really like that's Mm -hmm. a real life concrete example, you know, in your daily life that has nothing to do with other things going on in the world. Mm -hmm. But um, awareness that we're exposed to outside of our own homes, Mm -hmm. it tends to be all these social issues. And I think that it, that another thing that plays into it anyways, for me potentially is that the constant exposure, like we talked about at the beginning with parenting and things, um, the constant exposure to the issues of the world. Like we, like however many people you follow on social media, you're exposed Mm -hmm. to the thing that they feel most strongly about. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes um, it's almost like inoculating us to uh, caring in some way. I don't know. I shouldn't say caring, but um, you know, almost like we see it so much and we see so many issues constantly thrown at yeah. us that it's hard to pick and choose. And it's like, we just need to care about everything and we care about everything, but we don't yeah. do anything because it's so yeah. overwhelming that you feel like you can't even, you know, begin to know where to start. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's interesting. It's almost like a paradox because it's like an inoculation. Did I say that right? Inoculation. I think think you combined immunization and yes, I did. Well, it's sort of like strategy, Cecily. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my goodness! So back in the day, Rita and I were doing a 
what was it, an Instagram live or a Facebook live or something, something. together. And she, instead of saying strategy, she said strategery. <laughs> it will forever be one of my favorite moments. She hijacked that word from Will Ferrell without realizing it wasn't a real word. Or she it heard was, it so often she figured it was. I don't know. Well, technically, it is in the dictionary now, I believe. I think that we figured that out. <laughs> the urban that, but I think it's in there from that Will Ferrell <laughs> SNL skit. But anyway, we ended ended up putting together like this funny video and I still have it saved because everyone's like go back and watch it and it's hilarious but it's literally um Will Ferrell like playing George Bush and he's like strategery (laughs) like he has this look on his face like he just said something really smart which I probably also had on my face you did (laughs) (laughs) okay but anyway sorry it's that like was paradox. totally an offshoot. I'm so right. sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't be. It's so funny. I love, that's one of my favorite memories. But yeah, it's a paradox because it's like an inoculation, but at the same time, it also creates these files of information in your brain that you kind of have this guilt about, right? That all these bad things going on in the world that you wish you could do something to fix, but at the same time being totally desensitized to them because it's impossible to create enough action to fix the problems of every single person's life. So I think it's just a good example that awareness can be done wrong, right? And it leads to problems. And um, we had read an article called Stop Raising Awareness Already that I really liked the section they had on what does awareness done wrong lead to. So I just want to talk through some of those things. So first, awareness done wrong can lead to no action at all which is essentially what we just talked about. It was my sump pump Mm -hmm. example, and it was the example of people being desensitized um, to what's happening in the world. So that's pretty obvious. But the second thing that can happen when awareness is done wrong is it can reach the wrong audience. And I think this is so true, especially in the echo chamber that we tend to live in, right? The algorithms give you the information that that it thinks you're going to like. So it's so easy for awareness to reach the wrong audience, whether that's like people that already know about it or people that just don't care, right? So the third thing that awareness can do, and I really think this is true, is it can create harm. And I really believe we're seeing that. And I think it relates to the fourth thing that awareness done wrong can lead to, which is generate backlash. And the way that I I wrote a little word after that, polarization, So I believe awareness done wrong can lead to polarization to like, this is my team. That's your team. We're aware of this issue. We're not doing anything about it except fighting. And I think we're seeing that on almost a global scale right now. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I think like some of the issues like cancer, you know, those are not really polarizing issues, right? They're just kind of Mm -hmm. neutral, like Everybody wants to cure cancer. Everybody wants to prevent cancer. Nobody wants to get cancer. And um, so it's easy to display on a basketball court and things like that. But some of these issues that there's constant awareness for are somewhat polarizing. And I think they're made polarizing by both sides because it's not necessarily leading with love. It's pushing people in one direction or the other. And Mm -hmm. one thing that I know is this is going to be a touchy subject. And so please, again, give me an umbrella, Grace, and understand I'm not coming from an unloving place Mm -hmm. at all when I say this. But um, another thing it said in that article, 
I think it was that article or was it a different one? But it was talking about DARE. I remember. The DARE program and um, mm-hmm. drugs and trying to use DARE to raise awareness for um, kids not utilizing drugs. And mm-hmm. it said, you know, by way of doing that, it did raise awareness, but it also made kids think that it was way more prevalent than it was and that a lot of their friends were using drugs when not necessarily or that wasn't necessarily the case. And so just say no, while that portion was great, it also in some instances promoted kids to use drugs that wouldn't have before because they thought more people were doing it. And so it kind of like made it a socially acceptable thing. Mm -hmm. And so I found that interesting. And the first thing that came to my mind was um, how TV is and how there are like drag show shows on TV all the time Mm -hmm. and how I guess from a standpoint of trying to check off boxes, almost every program you watch includes homosexuality or transgenderism Mm -hmm. and not necessarily that those people should not be included. Absolutely. But it's almost like they're included to a point of checking off a box Mm -hmm. to make sure we're showing this and highlighting this and promoting it and raising awareness, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And then it swings over to the school systems where I know that in some areas, you know, they're promoting it to the point of asking children, you know, do you have these feelings? And it's planting a seed that wasn't already there. And so it's, and mm-hmm. It's not as prevalent of a thing as people think, but it's promoted in such a way that people perceive it to be much more prevalent yes. than it is. And then it causes children to have questions that they may never have had before. Yeah, that's very true. Like, as you were saying, and I'm like, yeah, the constant awareness about it actually causes it to be a more prevalent issue. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely evidenced in the school systems. Like, it, it seems to be a contagious issue where there's certain classes and grades that there's many kids who are confused about their gender identity within one classroom, mm-hmm. more than the classroom next door, for example, because it seems to be a catching, catching thing. And to me, this is an example of how awareness can cause harm So don't get me wrong. I do think that this is something that we should be educating our kids about. Absolutely. They should not be in a box where this doesn't exist, where transgenderism Mm -hmm. doesn't exist, et cetera. We do need to be educating them about it. However, there's a way to do it right and there's a way to do it wrong. Like I said, awareness done wrong creates harm. And someone may disagree with me on this, but I strongly believe that a child confused about their gender identity that's not good for the child. That's not good for the child in so many ways. I know a lot of kids actually that struggle with this and it has done them no favors at all. And what we're seeing is that the scientific rate of actual transgenderism is much lower than what's represented by the youth in schools. So what that means essentially is that this has become such a popular topic that it seems to have become a contagious issue where kids, even if they don't have a struggle with it, develop a struggle with it because it's almost weird if they don't. And then, of course, they grow out of it as they go older, as they grow older. But 
I don't know. It's something worth talking about. And like you said, it is a very sensitive subject, but it's a really important yeah. topic too, because we don't want kids to be confused or harmed by something that we're doing to try to make the world a better place as adults, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, kids that may actually think they're confused, you mm-hmm. know, we consider that confusion to mm-hmm. be a problem. But yeah. If kids aren't actually confused, but we're making them confused, isn't that equally a problem? And um, I think it's worse when we're making them confused. That's yeah. that that's not good at all. That's yeah. not what adults are supposed to do to kids. Exactly. And I don't know. I I did not even plan on talking about this. So, yeah. like I said, you know, there might be some things said that I could have said differently. So please, like I said, just handle this conversation with grace on both ends. But um, Mm -hmm. like you said, we do need to be making our kids aware of this, you know, all these issues because they're things that they're going to go out into the Mm -hmm. world and see. And so I think sometimes parents think about like, I don't homeschool, but you do, Cecily. And I think sometimes Mm -hmm. parents think, you know, I'm going to keep my kids at home and shelter them from all Mm -hmm. these issues. And it's not really that for me, like we send Mm -hmm. our kids to a small Christian private school. And it's not really for me sheltering them from the issues. It's me mm-hmm. being able to be the first one to have the conversations right. with them. And so, yeah. you know, my oldest, we have talked about this. We've talked about mm-hmm. homosexuality. We talked about transgenderism. And we we just explain, you know, we love all people. We, mm-hmm. we do not treat anybody differently. You know, we do not um, mm-hmm. be rude to someone, exclude them, um, tell them that they're not welcome in our church, nothing like that. We have to Mm -hmm. love all people and welcome them in. This is Mm -hmm. not about, um, you know, being unloving to anyone. It's just about, you know, raising awareness on our end from Mm -hmm. a Christian worldview. That's right. And that's exactly the approach that I take at home too. Like, Like you said, we do homeschool. And a lot of that is because of what goes on in the schools and um, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but here in BC, we have SOGI, SOGI curriculum, which is sexual orientation and gender identity. And so that's created from a specific worldview, right? And it's not the Christian worldview. So I do want my kids exposed to these ideas and the truth of what all of that is about. But like you said, I want to be the one that gets to introduce them to that from a Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. So totally agree with you. And like the discussion we had about D.A.R.E. actually kind of like normalizing drug use and um, the transgenderism stuff we talked about, it was also noted in that article we read that newspaper coverage of suicide is associated with higher suicide rates. And that's from the American Sociological Review. And I found that really interesting too. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, yeah. That well, the more we talk about suicide, the more suicide is happening. Yeah, I think that there was – I don't know what it was called. I don't remember. Um, but there was a show. I think it may have been like a Netflix series or something that was oh, on. Oh, yeah, 13 Reasons Why, right? Okay, yes. Yeah, and yeah. I have no idea really what it was about. All I heard mm-hmm. was it was it was about suicide. Do you know more about that show, Cecily? I did watch it for a little while, I think. But it was it was like when it first came out. And it was really sad. Know. It was, it was, um, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Was it about suicide or was it just someone in there? It was, yeah. So it was teens, 
it was about teens and I, like again it's been a long time since I've watched it and about you know their relationships how they interact and the a girl ended up killing herself but she had recorded I think it was tapes or something she had recorded something about like 13 reasons why she did it and it was kind of making the rounds of the people I think that people had to pass it on to someone, you know, like she had people that she wanted to hear it. So it was really, really heartbreaking. Like I say heartbreaking in the truest sense of the word. So like heartbreaking. And it makes me sad that these are issues that the youth of today are dealing with. And And that suicide seems to be an answer to that, you know? Like, yeah. oh man. Well, like with that show, I think that after it came out and after people had watched it, there was, I yeah. I may be wrong, but I think that there was something in the media about there being spikes okay. in the, yeah. yeah, in the incidence of suicide in youth. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the situation of like normalizing drug use in mm-hmm. kids by thinking it's more prevalent um, and that awareness around suicide, like you said, um, somehow increases the prevalence of suicide, especially in young people who may have never heard of this before. Like they may have never even thought about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like exactly. the age of reason is like nine. So yeah. when you see that there's a, increase in suicide in youth in particular Mm -hmm. who may just be getting to or you know just past the age of reason they Mm -hmm. they their brains aren't in a place to handle that kind of information they they see this and they don't really understand the gravity of it yet so Mm -hmm. like you said awareness may increase this the incidence of it but it also may be increasing the incidence in that age group because they were never aware this was an option before and now it's an option for them, but they cannot, they're not ready for that awareness because exposing them to that gives them an idea Mm -hmm. that they're not capable of fully um, Mm -hmm. understanding the gravity of. Yeah. And you know what, hearing you say that it, it really plagues it in my mind that there is value in protecting our children from these Mm -hmm. things before they're ready. And I'm not saying shelter them, but I believe today we rush so often to expose our kids to all these different ideas um, so that they're aware, right? But, you know, that never used to be the case. And I don't think that, you know, not telling them anything until they're older and figure it out themselves is not the answer either. But I do think there needs to be some careful consideration about, what we expose our kids to at what age and in what way do we do it? You know, I think that's a really, those are three really important things to consider. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know, as we wrap this up, I don't know, do you have anything else to add, Cecily, um, Um, from, from the standpoint of this conversation portion of it? Yeah, so I have a quote that I want to read. And I also just have a couple Bible passages that I want to read. So First one is from 1 John 3.18. It says, little children. I literally little- had that marked, Cecily. Oh, that is my exactly goodness. what I had marked to read. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. It's so so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little children, let us love. Let us not love in word or talk, 
but in deed and in truth. It's just so easy to say all the right words, especially yes. nowadays, but it is not so easy to walk that out in deed and in truth. Um, so I like that we both had that one. And then the other one that I want to read is from James. And I read James this morning and kind of in preparation for this discussion, because James has always been very much the a justice book, right? And I say justice carefully, knowing that it has been hijacked a little by the social justice world. Um, but James truly is a book of biblical justice about caring for the orphans and the widows and explaining how while it's not our works that save us, it is our works are very much a reflection of the true faith that we have, you know, because we've been justified by Christ. And if that is truly working itself out in our heart, then our faith will be shown by the deeds we do. So James 2.17 says, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And I think this very much plays into the awareness world. So we want to be careful about the things that we're raising awareness about. But then once we pick those things and we say, by raising awareness about this, I'm bringing glory to God because I'm loving people, seeking justice, pursuing truth, then then that's good. We need to raise awareness, but we need to follow it up with true action, not just words, but in deed and in truth. So Mm-hmm. Those are two things that I wanted to talk about, but also John 3, John three sixteen. just like for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Like, is that not the ultimate example mm-hmm. of action, right? God was aware from the beginning of time that we were sinners and that we had no way to be reconciled to him on our own power. And he sent his son from his throne in heaven to the dirt of the earth to not just die, but to die a torturous death and to be betrayed by a friend and to save us. And that that is not just words, that is action that I'm so grateful for every day. So those are three yeah. that I wanted to talk about. Do you have anything to say about that before I move on to the quote that I have? Yeah, I just want to go back to uh, John three or First John three eighteen really yes. quick. Mine says in action and in truth. It actually mm. has the word action instead of deed. But right. I think it's important to remember as we go back to these conversations that could be considered controversial and that people might be quick yeah. to label us, you know, with an unkind label mm-hmm. because of these conversations. Yeah. You need to look at people's actions because often we label people based on what they say as unloving. Yes. But we don't see the actual action of love they are living out every day to mm-hmm. um people different than them regardless yeah. of, you know, it, it's like we want to label people as unloving even though just based on words, even though the action they're living out in their daily lives is loving. So yes. be a little less quick maybe to um, judge someone based on a word they say if their actions maybe prove otherwise. Yeah, I really like that. Okay, so I'm going to read a Martin Luther King Jr. quote. And it's funny because on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I was feeling a little bit frustrated with the world. And honestly, about the empty awareness. And I just woke up in the morning 
and thought to myself, today is the day where everyone is going to use Martin Luther King Jr. quotes to try to further their own cause or to draw attention to it. And I was extremely right about that. And so I posted just that little thought that I had on Instagram. I think that's the only thing I put on all day. And then I just got off because I could not stand the empty words. And I'm not saying that that's always the case, but to do it only on Martin Luther King Jr. Day to like give him all this honor on that day and that day only was so frustrating for me. I think he's a brilliant man that his words, um, because his words ultimately come from the gospel, like he, he, his pursuit of civil rights and justice was not just because he was a black man seeking that for his people. It's because he was a Christian also. And, Mm -hmm. and he wanted that justice because of his faith as well. And I think that is what spurred him to action. So it drove me a little crazy to just see that only on that day. And people were almost hijacking his words. Like, honestly, you would have thought if you had never heard of him before, but you had been a person on social media in Martin, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day in 2022, you would have thought, okay, he's a Repu- Republican, but he's a Democrat. He's left. He's right. He's this. He's that. Like, you know, people were using him on all sides of the aisle to try to further their agenda to bring awareness. And I just couldn't have it. And now here I am today sharing a Martin Luther King Jr. quote. But and I'm hoping that this is not an empty awareness thing. I'm hoping this is something that can spur to action. So he says, we are now faced with the fact that tomorrow is today. We are confronted with the fierce urgency of now. In this unfolding conundrum of life and history, there is such a thing as being too late. There is no time for apathy or complacency. This is a time for vigorous and positive action. Vigorous and positive action. I really like that. So that is a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so as we wrap up, I think sometimes these more abstract episodes that deal with an idea don't catch on as much as the episodes that are uh, concrete on a specific issue. Mm -hmm. But these abstract episodes that are about an idea, like awareness versus action, um, they're what lays a foundation for those more concrete episodes, right? Like, don't you agree, Cecily? Does that make sense what I'm saying? And so, absolutely. yeah, I just want to make sure that you guys understand the importance of discussing these more abstract ideas so that when you move into concrete, um, concrete, uh, I don't know, things going on in the world, you're Mm -hmm. able to have a sound, firm foundation for how you uh, go about those issues, I guess. And just remember also, the other thing I want to say is, as we talk about action, just remember there are big things you can do. Absolutely. Cecily had mentioned the other day, you know, what kind of actions can we take? You know, sometimes like I feel so defeated after I write these Congress, you know, not Congress people mm-hmm. there or whatever, but, you know, like uh, politicians yeah. and don't hear anything mm-hmm. back. And, you Never. know, I'm like, those are action, <laughs> like concrete action steps you can take. There are so many things you can actually do, but mm-hmm. the biggest thing you can actually do that is most simple and sometimes most mm-hmm. difficult also is just living it daily, living your mm-hmm. values daily in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. The back to the Alexander Solzhenitsyn, live not by lies, you know, that yeah. is the biggest 
thing you can do, simplest and sometimes hardest action you can take, but mm-hmm. it's the most close to home and therefore requires uh, not a lot of motivation, just like you would just have to do it every day and every moment. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys. We really appreciate it. We we love the community that has kind of formed out of this podcast. It's a really, it's been a really cool experience. If you want to find us outside of the podcast, you can find me, Cecily, on Instagram at cecily.dickey or on my blog, thegracetogrow.com. And you can find me, Rita, at RitaRogersCo.com or Rita Rogers Co. on Instagram. Thanks for listening.